Hi, and welcome to Where the White Coats Come Off. I'm Katie. And I'm Beth. And we are Pre-PA Clinic. And we are going to talk to you about something really, really fun today. The do's and don'ts on clinical rotations. Yes, woo woo, right? And so everybody, 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 even on day one of PA school is like, okay, where are my clinical rotations, right? <laughs> but you have to earn those clinical rotations. You've made it through the didactic. You finally earned it. So here are some tips so you can get the best rotations and learn the most during your clinical year. Yes. So this is the bread and butter of PA school and what you're going to do as a PA. So um, just like we talked about before, professionalism is held to the highest standard and needs to be something that you value as well. Um, so do's of your clinical rotation. Get there early. Yes. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yes. So again, we don't want to be late, which is a big thing, but Again, you have to get there even earlier than you think, especially when it's a new rotation because you don't know how far away you're going to have to park. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes I can't even find parking in the hospital. Actually finding the person you're supposed to work with, even if they're like, hey, I'll be in the ED. And you're like, okay, that should be easy. No. no. I promise you there's so many people there's, and they're so busy they don't have time to show you. So getting there super, super early, you should, if you're in town, you should even do a drive-by to be like, okay, I'm going to park here. I'm going to walk in this interest. This is how I'm going to get there because it can take a long time, especially your first day because you're like, oh man, that's faculty park parking and that's patient parking and I don't even know and then you get lost which happens to me all the time right <laughs> so getting there early is super super important because you can only make first impressions once and if you're late for your preceptor the first day it just doesn't look good on you on the school mm -hmm. on anything second contact your preceptor ahead of time and ask them where you should meet them what you should wear what you need to bring what to expect um, typically the first day you'll talk to your preceptor about your schedule so you don't necessarily need to talk to them on the phone about that or over email you can ask them about your anticipated schedule on your first day definitely don't ask about hours okay mm -hmm. don't be like how many hours I'm gonna work but just yeah. be like what can I expect is a big thing I like to always ask like how much food I should bring like <laughs> always bring a lunch obviously because you just never know like sometimes you can eat the doctor's lounge sometimes you can't mm -hmm. um, sometimes you might be you know for example, surgery rotation, you might be long days in surgery Tuesday, Thursdays, but they might be shorter Monday, Wednesday, so you're not going to know. I don't always ask for like who your contact person is going to be. Sometimes it's them, sometimes it's their nurse, something like that. If you have to go through any training, like for example, some HRs, even for students, will make you go through a scrub class or HIPAA training or bloodborne pathogen training. Even though you already have it through school, they'll make you do that before you can get to the hospital. Some require drug screens, so some require you to sign some paperwork, some require you to get a badge. So kind of asking them like what is required the first day is really, really going to help. And normally what happens is you're going to get your clinical rotations, hopefully ahead of time, at least some of them, and they'll give you contact information. Email is usually easier. It's really hard to catch docs and PAs on the phone because they're always in and out of rooms, but email is usually a little bit easier. And that way you can just let them know, remind them that you're coming because they might've scheduled this six months ago and they can't remember if it was June 3rd or June 4th, you're coming here because they're super busy. So definitely, definitely contact them ahead of time. It'll just make your time go so much smoother. It'll remind them that you're coming. They'll put kind of like a name in their mind, like, oh yeah, you know, Jenny's coming today or whatever it is. Um, and then you can know like what to wear and what to bring because that's going to be super, super important because again, you want to kind of seamlessly fit in with their practice. You don't want to be, you know, a burden to them. You want to be helpful to them. Yes. You will be prepared. Yes. All right. Dress professionally. 
Yes. And so some places might have scrubs. A lot of hospitals won't let you wear scrubs unless it's their scrubs. But when in doubt, like, for example, if you can't get in touch with them or, or you didn't get a good answer, always go with more professionals. So wear slacks on a professional t-shirt, wear your white coat, make sure it's clean, you know, make sure it's wrinkle free, you know, don't have like pen marks everywhere on your white coat. Uh, you know, I'm guilty of that. <laughs> yeah. And so just, again, as more professional as possible in that way. And then you can ask them if they're okay with you wearing scrubs or if they're okay with you wearing this. Uh, I once had a student shadow me. I was working in orthopedic surgery at the time. And, and she was like, hey, what should I wear? And I'm like, listen, you know, I'm in my scrubs. He's in his scrubs because we do surgery in the morning. And she was going to shadow us for clinic in the afternoon. And it said, you know, so I was like, oh, it's okay. Whatever, basically whatever. And she shows up in like shorts and a t-shirt. And I was like, okay, okay. Her first day, you know, she's a, she's a college kid. Maybe she didn't know better. And so she was coming back the next day. And so in my mind, she... She saw us and realized that, like, okay, we're casual, but but shorts and a, a ratty t-shirt is not good enough. She showed up the next day in the same thing. <laughs> shorts and a ratty t-shirt. And I finally, I, I had to have my nurse go there and be like, <laughs> tell this girl, like, I know, I know, I just couldn't do it. I was like, will you tell this girl that, like, yes, like, she needs to wear, like, real clothes. It's okay if they're scrubs. It's okay if it's jeans, but she cannot be, like sandals and shorts and a ratty t-shirt and, and she, like I just figured she'd look at us and realize like oh I made a big mistake and that's why I didn't call her out the first day because I thought it's not her fault like she sees now anything does not mean I didn't think I had to specify like any real clothes you know um anyway so just don't be like that just make sure more professional is possible <laughs> All right, so next, make sure you have fuel for the day. So oh gosh, a lot yes. of rotations, you're there for, you know, hours, sometimes 12 to 14 hour shifts. They're long days. You're especially like, for instance, ER, you're running around all over the place. It's crazy. You never know when you're going to get a break if you get a break. Sometimes you don't get to pee for 10 hours, for instance. So make sure you have snacks and your lunch. Uh, don't assume that there's going to be a cafeteria and definitely don't assume that you're going to be able to leave for lunch. That's actually very rare on rotations and in real life. Typically, you're not going to get like a lunch break so that you can leave the facility, leave your clinical right. rotation. So make sure you have everything with you that you need to eat. I always keep like a granola bar, like in the back pocket of my scrubs. And mm -hmm. so sometimes you don't even get a chance to stop for lunch. And so you pretend to go to the bathroom and then you shove a granola <laughs> down or whatever, you know what I mean? And so definitely keep snacks. And so you might think like, oh, it's just going to be an eight to five day, but then maybe you're on call or maybe one of your patients have a problem in the surgery, especially during surgical rotations and stuff. And it can turn into a huge long day. So always have more snacks, like always have things like fruit or granola bars or whatever it is that you love. That's easy. That doesn't need refrigeration. I would always bring a lunch with like some cold packs and just always, always bring that. Even if you have to keep it in your car or something, you want to have some snacks because you don't want to get hangry during rotations. Mm. And then it can be three o'clock in the morning and you don't want to be passing out in the OR. Um, <laughs> Which has happened. We, happens. we say all of this stuff because it's happened. It's happened. <laughs> it happens, right? Because you haven't eaten in 12 hours, okay? So definitely, definitely bring your fuel uh, because hangry on rotations is, is such the worst. <laughs> like it really is the worst. And another thing, if you're doing a surgical rotation, don't drink a whole lot before it because you might not have a chance to like break scrub and pee often, yeah. um, especially if you're doing like longer type surgeries. So just keep that in mind. Like I would always keep my liquids in the morning to a minimum. And then after we were done with surgery, I would, you know, <laughs> catch, up. <laughs> catch up because you don't want to be like that student that has to break scrub in the middle of a colon resection or it's something. It's really bad. It, it really, it just, yeah, it really, really is. bad. Yeah. And some of these people might have colleagues who need PAs. It might be jobs. You might want to use them as references. So you want to be on your best behavior, even if it's not like your favorite rotation or your favorite specialty, I guess I should say. Okay. Yeah. And that brings up a great point. So during your rotations, you definitely need to use it as networking because that's typically how you're going to find your first job. So 
many students are graduating PA school and of course they need jobs, right? So uh, you definitely want to use your preceptors as a network and the environments that you're in during clinical rotation as a network so that you can land your first job and not be struggle busing trying to find a position. We have students all the time get offered like fourth rotation, they get offered jobs at the places that yeah. are working. Because think about it, they work with you for four or six, eight weeks, however long it is. They know you're a good person, you learn their EMR, they really like your knowledge and skills and they're like, hey, I'm looking for PA anyways, when do you graduate? And so we actually have a lot of students Tons. that do that. Or maybe they say, hey, you know, they're doing an elective in dermatology. I really love germ. Do you know anybody who's hiring, you know, in the general area or in the state? Or all these docs know each other, I promise you. Yes. <laughs> like, it's actually a very small community. Uh, medicine is a tiny community. Mm -hmm. So do not, you know, put your best foot forward because they might know someone who knows someone who knows someone. And you're more likely to get a job by that because they can say, like, yes, I know this person. Like, she's, I had her for six weeks or four weeks or him for eight weeks, whatever, like they're good people, like they'll be good. And so you just kind of have that recommendation rather than if you pick someone's resume online and you just hope, you know, you hope they're good. So. All right. Next, make sure that you bring all of your equipment. Okay. So yes. it looks really bad if you're a PA student and you forget like your stethoscope or yes, it does happen. Uh, so you need to have your white coat for sure. Yes. You need to have your badge identifying yes. you as a student. That's actually yes. a, a legal thing. So a badge identifying you as a student, your white coat, a stethoscope. And when I was in PA school, I would bring all of my equipment, including, you know, my otoscope, ophthalmoscope, that sort of Reflux, thing, just hammer, in case. Yeah. Pin light. Okay. Pin light. Oh my gosh. If you have scissors, like you already, we always know who like the nurses are, like yeah. students because or the they're, EMTs. Yeah. Because they're so smart. They always bring their scissors because nobody ever has scissors in the OR, the yes. ER, like never. So true. So if you have like trauma shears or something, like mm -hmm. they will love you. Yes. <laughs> Probably masks, just depending on mm -hmm. where you're going to work. Pins. Uh, yes, something to write oh, with. A, uh, notebook. a notepad to log your patients. So that's one of the standards for your clinical rotations is do you have to log your patients so that we know as a program you're getting all the exposure that you need and meeting certain requirements uh, for you to pass that rotation, such as like the number of pelvic exams, the number of patients that you see that are, you know, pediatric patients, for instance. Yeah. Did you do prenatal care? Yeah. Or did you, you know, and so, and it's, so you want to log them all, but you can't remember when you see 50 patients a day. Yeah. So you just like write down like 65 year old male with hypertension, you know, 32 year old female took sutures out or something like oh, that. Procedures. Yeah. yeah procedures. Write those down. And that way at the end of the day, you can log them. And so do stay ahead on top of that logging because what we'll do is we'll get a lot of students who like the last day of rotation, try to log everything. And okay, come on, one, you're not logging everything because, you know, no one can do that much work in like four hours. And then two, like you forget stuff. And so this is kind of like your resume. Like what have you seen? What have you done? And so just, just keep up with it because don't do that to yourself and wait until the last day of rotation. And we say this and you guys probably still will, but don't <laughs> wait until the last day of rotation to log all your patients. It's just gonna be so much easier just to go home at night, spend 30 minutes logging them and be yeah. done. Yeah, we both worked as clinical coordinators and uh, that was one of the, uh, the graded items uh, for clinical students yes. was the logging that they did and if you're ending a rotation and you didn't have your logs done you actually get points off yeah of that which can drop your yeah. grade pretty substantially actually and then there's certain like things that everybody has to do and if for some reason you don't do them like you don't get exposure to pediatric mm -hmm. patients and you can be like, well, I did a PEDS rotation. Well, if you didn't log any PEDS, then guess what? You don't, don't graduate. Pass. And mm -hmm. then you have to, oh, well, we didn't get you enough PEDS experience. You have to stay and do an extra rotation in PEDS or women's health or whatever it is. So there's certain metrics you have to meet. So just make sure you're logging those patients in. You know, if you log every 10 patients, you might not meet those metrics. And then it's just like, oh, you just have to stay a little bit longer when the rest of your class is graduating. So that's yes. never fun. <laughs> 
Okay, next, be kind to literally everyone. So yes. preceptors, nurses, janitors, patients, front desk, literally everyone. Yes, because you're a student there, so you should feel grateful and mm. be blessed that you're, you know, these people are um, helping you in your education. And, you know, it can, it is sometimes a burden because they have to stop and explain, you know, they have to teach you these type of things. But they love teaching or they wouldn't have students. But still, you have to realize that, like, they could do their job without you just fine, um, but they choose to take students because they know someone helped them when they were a student and they want to kind of pass it on and pass it forward and show their knowledge. So just be really grateful. And again, you know, be grateful to everybody, the nurses, the MAs, the check-in people, the janitors, mm -hmm. um, because it takes everybody to make a clinic go round because you just see if one person calls in a day because they're yep. sick or something, it just it throws everything off a of whack. So just be super grateful and, you know, kind. Yeah, and if you think about it, so you can't pass PA school without clinical rotations. And preceptor docs, MDs, DOs, PAs, MPs, they do not have to open their practice to you. They're doing that out of the kindness of their heart. Yes. So you need to be extremely grateful and thankful and kind to everyone because you wouldn't be able to get through PA school without having clinical rotations. And if you think about it, they're opening up their practice to you. So they're opening up their patients to you, um, the opportunity to learn from those patients, to do procedures. Um, so it's a big deal. Yes. So make sure that you are uh, kind and you express gratitude. Yeah, and that's a big thing. And on that note, um, sending a thank you note mm. afterwards, especially to the office, um, it, it's just, it's so, um, what do you want to call it? Professional. Yeah. It's just so, it's just so yeah. awesome. It's yeah. so on point. Like, because you should be thankful. And so some people are like, well, I didn't like that rotation. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If you like the rotation, if you're interested in cardiology and you didn't like your pediatric rotation, it doesn't matter. Like you learned, they took the time to train you, they opened up their practice to you. So a thank you note for their time, their expertise, all that is totally appropriate and really just needs to be done. And so we just, we love the the written thank you notes. You know, email's not bad, but we love the written ones because mm -hmm. they just, I don't know, snail mail these days yes. just means so much more. Think about doing that and just get some cards ahead of time. You know, get however many rotations, 10 cards or 12 cards, whatever you have. And then just, you know, every single rotation, a thoughtful note. You could even give it to them the last day if yeah. you don't want to mail it. Uh, and that way they can just know that they're they're great, that you were grateful and that you're blessed to be part of that and just thank them. Even if it's not a specialty that you're super interested in, it doesn't matter. They still took their time. Yeah. And we have both been preceptors and uh, giving a thank you card the last day is completely fine. As a student, when I was a student, I actually preferred that because I knew that they would get it yes. and that it didn't get lost in translation or, you know, went to the front desk, but never to my preceptor. So I would actually do several thank you cards, one for the nurses, one for the preceptor, and then anyone else who, who helped me in my journey during that rotation. Yeah, so that's really classy, so we love that. All right, so those are all the positive things to do things. Now let's talk about some things that you shouldn't do during rotations. Don't be on your phone even if you're studying because it gives the wrong impression. This is a huge one, and one that preceptors would contact us when we were clinical coordinators and be like, listen, these students are on their phone all the time. They're on electronics all the time. And when we reach out to the student and be like, hey, what's going on? Is there, you know, what's going on in your rotation? You know, talk to them about their behavior. They would say that they were studying and we, you know, we believe them. These are good students, but it gives the wrong impression. So if yes. you want to study during your downtime, that's totally fine. As long as it's your downtime, as long as you're not needed in another aspect in clinic and you need to study from a book. Not yeah. from an electronic. Yeah. Bring your notes, bring your book. Because yeah. they'll say, oh, I was just looking something up on Wikipedia. But, you know, all your preceptor sees is that it looks like you're texting. Yeah. And so, again, it's it's what they perceive because they're the ones that are, you know, grading you and they're the ones that are precepting you. So um, we've had some students say, is it okay if I look this up on my app? 
beforehand and then the preceptor's mm-hmm. like yes and that's one that's a good way to do it but you know those little pocket guides they make those for a reason because again it just it sends the wrong impression to be on your phone all the time because you're and you're like i'm always looking stuff up which is probably true but again you don't want to be dinged for that you don't want a preceptor to be like oh i don't want to you know hire them or, or something like that because they're always on their phone because they don't they don't understand that that's what you're doing they don't always know so if you're going to use your phone ask hey do you mind if i look this up and then that type of thing. On that note though, don't use them as encyclopedias, your preceptors. So sometimes like, well, if students like ask us stuff, I'm like, okay, you can look that up yourself. So again, it's okay to ask about the aspect of medicine if you don't understand something. Like, can you explain to me, you know, why this is bacterial and not viral infection, that type of thing. But if you're like, oh, well, what, uh, what is the other drug name for that? You know, no, you can look that type of stuff up. Like don't use them as encyclopedias. They're super, super busy. Use them for the things that you can't look up yourself for the art part of the medicine, right? So use them for, well, how, why did you treat this patient with lisinopril instead of HCTZ? And then, oh, okay, I remember that you have to do this lab. Well, what are you looking for when you do this lab? That type of thing. Or when would you consider pulling them off of that? That type of thing. The things that are more the art of medicine and not so much just the dry facts that you can look up yourself. All right, don't arrive late. So always be on time and don't leave early. Yes, we'll have this sometimes. You're like, oh, you know, I thought it, it wasn't busy and so I just left early that day. Sometimes they tell the preceptors, sometimes they don't. And the thing about preceptors is, is they're kind of like, you know, I'm here from, you know, eight to six, but like, I'm not your nanny. I can't make sure that you're here. But you really need to take advantage of this time. And the reason for that is because it's like the only time during school when you, it's okay not to know. It's, and it's okay to have no idea and be like, oh my gosh, I don't know. This is your time to learn, right? And then once you get your PAC, that C implies a certain amount of knowledge. And so you want to be, you want to take good advantage of these preceptors because a lot of them have been precepting and been in medicine for years, sometimes even decades, and they've learned so much. So take advantage of that. So like leaving early doesn't sound like a big deal, but if you leave an hour early every single day, you've like cheated yourself out of 365 hours of learning that you're probably going to regret day one on your job, right? It looks bad. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, yeah, it looks like you're not dedicated to the profession. It looks like you're not interested. Um, so just, just, you know, stay for the day, bring something, study if you want, if you have some downtime in some of your rotations, which you may. But just just don't leave early and don't arrive late. Just just realize that this is like the job. This is the job. And so the part of clinical rotations is getting used to the job. Yes, and on that note, even if you hate the rotation, hate the preceptor, you don't mesh well, You even if you know you're not going into that rotation, you need to act like it's your favorite rotation and they're your favorite preceptor. So yes. make sure that you really convey that, even if it's not. You need to convey that this is your favorite rotation, your favorite preceptor, you love being there. Yeah, because it sets the right tone, and when you open up your mind to like convince yourself, like, actually, I really like this rotation, I really like this rotation, it, it, it becomes like true, like recreate your own reality here. And so, you know, by being open and saying like, hey, you know, maybe I'm not interested in peds, but I really, I know I'm gonna love this rotation, it just makes things, I don't know, makes you see things in a different way. And again, and, you know you're on that rotation that's where you should be that's where you need to be so that should be where you want to be all right next do not violate HIPAA this is nothing will get you kicked out of PA school faster than violating HIPAA or posting on social media something completely inappropriate yeah so what happens is you see something really really cool and so mm-hmm. you want to tell the world about it but then you'll say something like a 65 year old female came in with a blah 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 tattoo on her right blah 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 you know and then all of a sudden like everybody in that small town knows exactly who that is because yeah. only one person has a tattoo in this place on their body that looks like this and so again you cannot violate HIPAA it's a cool it's okay to say like oh my gosh I was so blessed I got to scrub in on a mitral valve replacement today you know that is one thing but when you start to describe the patient and describe all this other type of stuff 
you know, you need to stay away from that. You need to stay away from that. So don't post any of that kind of stuff on social media. It just, you cannot violate HIPAA. And this is, you know, in the real world too, when you become a, a PA, you cannot violate HIPAA. And we have students do it accidentally all the time. And we still go through the HIPAA training and stuff. And they're like, you know, I just didn't think about it. People put everything on social media. I just didn't think that this was enough to violate HIPAA. And so if you're unsure, just make sure you go back and you read those rules of what's considered HIPAA protected information. Okay, because that's going to be really, really, really important. All right, so the next one, you, there's a very fine line for this one. Don't be too timid, but also don't be too forward and work outside of your scope of practice as a PA student. And this is, you know, kind of a difficult one to gauge, especially because certain preceptors will let you do whatever. And certain preceptors are like, absolutely not. You need to wait for my permission to do that with every single patient. Yeah. So typically what we find is that people are too timid and so they kind of stand in the back and so what happens is the preceptor is really really busy and so if you don't ask to be engaged or you don't engage yourself you could just be like a fly on the wall shadow so something like hey do you mind if I help you suture up this patient or do you mind if I go into room two and get a history while you're mm -hmm. finishing up with here do you mind if I you know chart this or can I order these for you or do you mind if I look over these labs right now that type of thing because if you're just standing back they might never think that like oh you need suture practice like yeah go ahead and suture up room six but if you ask hey do you mind if I go suture up room six while you're busy with this a lot of them at the time will be like, yes, yeah, I'll be in there in just a minute, get started, let me know if you need any help type thing. Um, so we just have a lot of students, especially like in surgery or the OR, or if there's other students, like there's med students or pharmacy students in the rotation, that they just get so timid that they, they're like, I didn't really get to do a whole lot. Sometimes they get in the rhythm and they kind of forget that you're not there just shadowing, you're there actually to, you know, to learn to actually hands-on do stuff. So just, you know, break in, break in the middle, hey, do you mind if I go try and reduce this, you know, fracture for you in room two or whatever it is. And so just, you know, always ask and if they say no, they say no, but at least ask. Just yeah. don't be too timid. Yeah, remember that they're doing you a favor by allowing you into their practice and, and to learn and to see their patients. So make sure that you're helpful, that you're not just standing by a fly on the wall, that you're, you know, doing the things that can help them out and make their day easier. That being said, you want to ask permission and not be too forward. So for instance, I was precepting a student one time in the ER and the student took it upon themselves to go and talk to the patient about his CT of his brain results and told the patient that everything was fine with the CT report and it actually came back as the patient had a big brain tumor. Um, so then I have to go back into the room after the student who took that on himself without my permission and explain to the patient, actually, sorry, your CT results weren't normal and you actually have a big whop of mass in your head. So one, that looks terrible yes. um, as a provider-patient relationship. And two, that's completely out of the scope of practice of a PA student and should never have been done. Yeah, definitely. So those kind of things is just going to make your preceptors um, enjoy you more. It's going to give you a better experience. So just be careful, don't be too timid, but also make sure you get permission before doing um, certain things. And, and a week or two in the rotation, you'll be able to gauge usually mm. kind of how it's gonna go. But just at the very first, just be very cognizant. Hey, ask, you know, do you mind? Or that type of thing, or can I? And those type of things, because it's just gonna make it go that much more smooth. Yeah, the last one. Okay, so this pertains to specific rotations. Yes, okay, so I did this accidentally during my, my surgical rotation, okay? Do not break sterile field. So before you go in, like if someone's suturing someone up, or you're in the OR and you can't remember like where I can and can't put my hands and what I can do or like turn around the wrong way like don't break sterile field okay it's really and, bad yes yes and if you forget like then ask 
you know, if there's a, if the OR asks a circulating nurse, if you're like in the ER before you touch anything, be like, hey, am I allowed to touch this? That type of thing. Because the last thing you want to do is break sterile field. We actually had a kid, it was a couple years ago and it was like a lumbar puncture or something. It was something expensive kit. Yeah. It was like a $300 kit and they, they broke the sterile field twice. And uh, we got we got a call from that, and they were like, "Listen, these kits are really expensive. They cannot just be grabbing stuff. They need to learn." And so we had taught them sterile but sometimes it's a long time until you you actually have to implement it. And the student was just so excited that twice. And so it's just it's a big expense on the hospital to have to throw away those trays, and they had to do it twice with the student. So we got a call. So again, if you're unsure, always ask like, "Can I touch?" or like, you know, "Is this sterile?" or whatever. And that way you don't accidentally break sterile because there's nothing that's gonna make people mad when when they get all all set up and then all of a sudden a student comes in and accidentally uh, puts their hand into like the yeah. lat kit or yeah. whatever or like here I'll, I'll give you I'll, I'll I'll fetch this for you you're trying to be like friendly helpful nice. here, and, yeah. Yeah. and then you're like yeah, so. <laughs> now we gotta start over yes yes okay so hopefully these do's and don'ts will help you out on your clinical rotation you guys got this it's gonna be so much fun we know you're gonna do fabulous most students have no problems we just yeah. wanted to give you a little heads up of some things to do and not to do Thank you. All right. We'll Bye. see you next time. Thank you for listening to Where the White Coats Come Off. We are so excited for your future as a PA student and a PA. Please check out the show notes for links that will help you in your journey. In the show notes, we are going to have links to our best and most useful products. The number one product that we absolutely love is our Casper app review. With our CASPA app review, you download your entire application and you send it to us for our review. A review from two experts who've reviewed a number of CASPA applications, who've interviewed students for PA school, and who've been the ones who decide who gets in or not. We've seen thousands of CASPA applications and we know what makes them better. Sometimes just a few little tweaks can make the difference between a yes and a no. With this service, we also review your personal statement, give you feedback on both content and grammatical errors, and also give you some feedback on how to make yourself even more competitive. Don't miss out on this chance to get your CASPA application reviewed by two experts before you push submit. They'll save you time, money, and heartache. Links are in the show notes.